Getting into a second marriage or relationship can be exciting, but there's also some potential financial pitfalls that you should be aware of. So on today's episode, we're going to run through some money tips for those of you who are getting into a second marriage or relationship and some strategies that you can use to make it a smoother process. Enjoy the show. Everything we talk about on today's podcast is general advice only because we don't know your individual personal situation. Before you act on anything we've spoken about, you should chat to your financial advisor and if you don't have one, feel free to reach out to us. Now, on to today's show. Hey everyone and welcome back to the 49th episode, nearly at 50, of the Wealth Collective podcast. Uh, it's Zach Masters here and today I'm joined by Pete Pennycott. Hey, back again. Good to be here. I know, perfect weather today. A bit too hot for you. you had to w- walk down from the top end of the city today. There was a, some sort of protest was happening where or no trams coming down Collins Street. So um, I probably could have done with a walk, but yeah, the sweaty back and the, the armpits <laughs> were probably not a great look for <laughs> the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, apologies to, <laughs> just to anyone that saw me strutting there, really struggling. Uh, it's a good time of year around here now. Look at the... Um, unofficial long weekend this weekend, yeah. the Melbourne Cup. Well, the Melburnians, or a lot of them will take the, the Monday sick day or sort of, you know, hopefully if they're a good team player, they've actually taken annual leave day. <laughs> uh, just notes of my team, so. <laughs> no, no Monday morning call-ins. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's good. It's good to celebrate something like that. And if people get to spend time with family and friends um, over a four-day weekend, that's even, it's it's fantastic. And the best thing is, it's, you know, Melburnians and Victorians get to celebrate it and, Everyone gets to watch on from all the other states and That's just envy how great it is down here. It's the time of the year that everyone knows something about horse racing. So, have you got a tip for the Melbourne Cup? Yeah, the internationals. That's my tip. I don't know how many there are. Um, so, But I have heard have heard they're the ones to go with. I know Tom Waterhouse is really pumping them up on some radio show I was listening to in the car this morning. So, um, that would be my tip. Otherwise, save your money, invest in good quality. Uh, you know, a mix of uh, Australian and international shares would be my tip there. Um, what about you, Zach? Not going to give a name of one horse? <laughs> Marmello? That's Marmello. what I keep hearing Gone. about. Yeah. <laughs> it's not allowed to race. Uh, I might go with, um, heading into today's episode, Vow and Declare. Oh, okay. Can, an Australian one. That's good. Um, Support the team. Who trains that one? Is that Chris Waller? No. I have no idea. <laughs> Jeez, really? That's how knowledgeable yeah. are we about horse racing? Well, that's probably a good sign anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, so on today's episode, following on from my Vow and Declare yeah, well, tip, that's not advice, by the way. A very good uh, a very good segue. Is that, yeah. so. um, we're going to be talking about money tips for second marriages. So second marriages um, or second relationships, I guess, don't have to be married um, nowadays. Yeah. But, I yeah. guess probably just capturing where you've been financially established in one form of a, a relationship and you know, you're doing it all over again. So fresh start, exciting times. But if we can... Yeah, do a little bit of prep work and set the groundwork early about how we want to approach it. I think a lot of heartache can be saved and a lot of stresses. And it sounds like I think a lot of... um, It's actually one of the main causes of divorce and relationship breakdown, actually financial stress. So if we can help alleviate that with everything we're going to cover on today's podcast... We might be up for some sort of Nobel Peace Prize or something if we do it really well. So, Zach, I hope you brought your A game. Uh, oh, pressure now. Oh, no. Jeez. It's a big deal. So, <laughs> yeah, you could be solving a lot of problems here. So, uh, so probably the first part um, is to talk about your finances and get them out in the open. So, I know, um, Pete, you talk about um, STDs quite a bit. Yeah, all the time. Always talking about STDs. 
Get me out for a beer on a weekend. <laughs> Straight away, STDs. That's what um, I'm talking about. So that's sexually transmitted debt. So this is like uh, when you're getting into a new relationship with someone, um, it's important to make sure that you've got all your financial world out on the table so you're not um, getting into anything that you're not aware of, um, but also that you know you've got a plan going forward and, and how things are going to work from there because you don't want to uh, necessarily, if you use down the track, find out that you, um, the new partner has you know a lot of debt sitting there and now suddenly you're potentially liable for some of it and different things yeah. like that. Um, so you want to make sure that you've got everything out on the table um, and that you've got some sort of a plan going forward. Yeah, because even really, really lovely human beings who seem like the nicest people ever can have skeletons in their closet from a financial perspective because you know, people make mistakes, um, but those mistakes can follow that person around and you know, if you don't structure your finances well together they can actually start to sort of impact you as well so really really good one um, and i think you know you're going into relationships so you should be able to be open and frank with each other and it's a good starting point so you know you can make a fun thing of it and sort of sit down over the Maybe table financial date night date i love my financial date night so do that crack open a bottle of wine or whatever your favorite drinks are kombucha for some you know whatever whatever floats your boat but just have a sort of really open conversation okay this is what's happened um, don't be embarrassed. There shouldn't be any judgment. Like you've, yeah. Well, that said, you've seen each other naked. You know, it's all yeah. potentially. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I'll jump the gun. Uh, but you know, like uh, you shouldn't be ashamed of whatever's happened. Like you are who you are. So if we can all embrace that and be a little bit vulnerable um, and just be open to it, I think that goes a long way to just getting that comfort factor there and going, okay, this is where I'm at. It doesn't matter if you've got more than me or I've got more than you. We're in this together. Um, and let's talk about how we move on from here. Um, so that that's really a good starting point. So once you've had that discussion, then how, like as you said, now we move on from here. Um, do you normally recommend with clients as a yours, mine, ours approach or how do you go about yeah, definitely. how don't they be, move forward? Don't be eager beaver and roll in all of your finances and just like get all mushed up together. Um, I think feel like that's a recipe for disaster. and just too much pressure on a relationship. Um but there's plenty of time for that. And I think really maintaining some sort of uh, financial independence makes sense because you should be able to go and spend money on whatever you, know, whatever you derive pleasure from or joy from um, then, you know, without judgment. And you want judgment-free spending because um, I think that's really important. But also you want to have a pool of money that you're contributing to on a regular basis. Um, that's you know working towards joint goals and joint expenses and running your household holidays um, and yeah, investments. Yeah, not just the boring stuff. Yeah, invest, build investments together. You know, start planning for future holidays or travel or, you know, oh, we need to do an extension on the property or whatever it might be, but just start to plan on those goals together because then uh, those financial discussions become a, a positive conversation and not just going, oh, we've got this bill in. Are you paying it or am, am I paying it? Yeah. Um, and I think the sort of one of the key takeaways from here that I... I think resonates and um, hopefully can alleviate some pressure and stress is focus on being equitable, not equal. Um, so a lot of people go with equal and going, okay, everything's 50-50. Um, that's not always the most appropriate structure, especially when there's a, a disparity in people's earnings capacity. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Like we all do different roles and, you know, that financial um, income is only one measure of what someone brings to a relationship. Yeah. So, um, so if someone's earning you know, you know, out of the household sort of income, 70% of it, and the other person's earning 30, it's unfair or sort of places too much pressure and, a, and it's going to breed resentment underneath the uh, surface. 
if you're both contributing 50-50. Yeah, because then the other person, the person who's on the lower income is going to be left with, you know, potentially not much yeah. at the end of the day. Uh, and that, that weighs and wears and grates over time. So uh, you can avoid it because that's not, that's not fair. Um, mm. And w- what we want is equity, not, not equal. Uh, so I think that's an important sort of distinction to know. And I know people that have rolled this percentage formula out with great success over the years and really, really happy about it because now they... In the past, one of them, the person who had less income, was actually like going, oh, no, let's not go on the holiday and sort of holding off those lifestyle things that... They couldn't afford it. Really, they wanted to do, yeah. but were too embarrassed to say, actually, I'd, like after I bought, you know, do the things that I need to do on my personal side and pay for those, I haven't got any money left to contribute to this. And a lot of the time, the, the other partner was willing to pay and put more towards it, but then they didn't want to be seen to be going, yeah. oh, like, I'll pay for you and things yeah. like that. And I think unless you're speaking about it, like there's all this unspoken you know, stuff in our heads that never gets out there. So I think that's a really uh, good one. And, you know, lesson learned that um, I've seen at work over and over and over again. Uh, so then moving on, unless you've got anything else from a cash flow perspective that you think people should be... Oh, credit cards, I know you're a... Yeah, credit cards. Don't be signing up to joint credit cards like early on in a relationship. Like, yeah, down the track, it might be appropriate. Be really wary about who you give an additional cardholder um, to because, you know, ultimately you're liable for that. Um, so, you know, like really be really careful about that. Loans as well, like, you know, unless you really need to, just like make sure you're comfortable and confident that you need this debt and it is for joint purposes. Like, don't just go signing on as guarantor um, for loans because you will be, yeah. And that's why you should seek advice from someone impartial because you're going to be blinded because you, you know, you like or love this person. So yeah, you want to help them, and you think it's obviously you're in there and you're hoping it's going to last forever. Um, but yeah, the a lot of the times that debt that you've signed up for might actually last longer than the relationship. And that's where having an initial discussion with someone like either a solicitor or a financial advisor or something like that can be a good buffer sometimes if you're. You know, you're not wanting to just go out and blatantly have a discussion with the other person. Yeah, use, use them as the bad guy. Some people don't like to talk about their finances um, a hell of a lot. Like, it's, in our world, it's all we talk about, so we don't see the... Um, you're always flashing the, your bank account <laughs> balance around. So. Um, but it, like, for a lot of people, it's obviously a thing where they mightn't be too comfortable speaking about it with the other person. Hmm. Um, so going to having an initial discussion with a advisor where it gets everything out on the table... Um, and therefore you've got a buffer in between and you can kind of, you can ask the advisor questions that you might want to be asking the other person, but you don't want to directly go there and things like that um, can be a good way to go about it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And then I think once you've had that, then take that home and sort of, you know, start to work on a, you know, your household finances together and make it a, a regular occurrence. Don't just look at it once and forget about it. Um, you, know, you need to maintain it. Um, and if you need to get some, uh, someone else in to prod you to do that, fine. But you should be able to sort of schedule some time, at least on a quarterly or six-monthly basis. Just look at your finances. So, you know, one of you is not sticking your head in the sands because in most relationships, there's one financial controller and the other person sort of, uh, yeah, takes a less active uh, interest and active role in it. Um, that's pretty common. Uh, so moving on, once you've got the cash flow and everything under control um estate planning becomes a big issue um, for people getting into second relationships especially if there's children from a previous relationship and then especially if both um spouses are bringing children from a previous relationship yeah children and assets um complicate things um and the reason for that is if someone passes away um what happens to the family home 
Yeah, you're all living, or you, both of you are living in the family home. Uh, potentially the kids might be in there as well because adult kids tend to just live at home forever now. Or one kid might be from one, you know, out of the four or something yeah. like that. So I think the best way to do this is pretend it happened yesterday. So we go, what if I died yesterday? What do I want to happen today? And how are all my assets that I've, in what we talked about in step one, we've laid them all out on the table and we go, these are my assets. How, where do I, what do I want to happen now? Um, and that's an estate plan can help that happen and facilitate that. And then what you start to uncover is all these pain points and pressure points are going, actually, hang on, we own this property jointly. It's going to pass straight to uh, my spouse. But hang on, I've got my adult child living here. They don't actually get along very well. Mm. Oh, actually, what's, how does that work? You know, are they going to boot them out uh, straight away? And then or? if the remaining spouses to pass away, it goes to their kids. Yeah, um, and it can't be even complex. You go, oh, I'll give them a life interest. Well, what if they live for 50 years? Yeah. What if they, they're the first person to live to 150? Well, that's awkward. Your kids have to wait around. They might actually outlive your kids. Yeah. Um, and they, these are all the things that you start to conjure up. And you, know, you go to some dark and wonderful and crazy places, but um, it's all really important because it helps you then all those things, you know, the things we spoke about initially in terms of how to structure it. That's there. That's that changes how you might buy assets because you might say, okay, we want a new family home, but the uh, the way you purchase it and the ownership decisions that you make in terms of the structure, they might change because mm. it fits into your estate plan. So, uh, and when we're talking estate plan, this is, you know, things like your wills, um, your power of attorney, your binding death nominations or your death nominations to superannuation, yeah, insurances as well. Um, you know, you they sort of sit outside and can be directed to particular beneficiaries. Um, but also agreements like binding financial agreements are really yeah, important. Yeah, so do you want to run through a bit? Is that something you'd recommend for people getting in into new relationships I to get recommend, a binding financial I wouldn't agreement? recommend anything without knowing their personal situations. Oh, there we go. You should yeah. know that. Um, <laughs> but I would suggest that it's worth um, entertaining the thought and actually having a conversation about it. It's not for everyone, um, but for a lot of people, it can give peace of mind, some structure, um, and also provide a really, I guess, seamless solution when things go sour and you no longer love each other. Yeah, because it's easy. It's much easier to talk about these things. Um, well, you can, laugh, happy you can laugh about it. You yeah. can go, oh, yeah, what if you did this? And Imagine oh. if this happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's real funny. It's different when it has happened. Or yeah, and you've like someone's <laughs> yeah. cheated on someone and don't worry, there's a lot of visceral there you go, and then the lawyer's in your ear going... Stick it to You them. should get more. You should get more. Yeah. And you should get more. No, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, but yeah, I think it's much easier to agree to it up front because, you know, um, cooler heads prevail and you can actually step it out and plan it out um, and something that fits and works. And as with any financial strategy or any sort of budget or um, any goals, they need to be checked in regularly because the binding financial agreement you set out initially or your estate plan that you set out initially might need might look completely different 10 years down the track you know and especially you need to definitely be looking at your wills if you ha- are getting married um, for the second time because mm. that's going to make your previous will if you've got one or avoid un- yeah so yeah i think that's important so the whole estate plan it is financial hygiene but so so important um, and the easiest way to do it is to like really just go okay what if and you think of it in each of your situations go what if you died okay this this would happen this would happen these assets would go here the wheel would kick in and distribute this. Oh, the family home, that's tricky. How we, how would we like this to happen? Mm. Uh, and you do it all while you're still, number one, alive and actually like each other. Um, so that's important. And also if you've lost capacity as well. So often we think about death but not loss of capacity. Um, 
because that's important to note as well. And these are people that you're partnering with for life. Um, so you should be really partnering with them financially. But again, I'd make the distinction of don't, don't be so eager to put all your finances together. I think some of the most uh, financially successful um, couples that we, we deal with have separate finances and they, ha- they do so because it works and it's simple. Um, and just be really comfortable. There's no right or wrong answer to how you structure your personal uh, finances well, as a couple. I've got um, some clients who they've come into, this is a second relationship and they're not married. Um, but they've decided just to, they rent a house together. Mm. They keep their other in properties that they both had as investment properties and they'll go to their kids. Um, but they'll they will leave behind um, a bit of money for the remaining spouse for, you know, things like rent, future rent expenses and different things like that. Um, but they leave their financial worlds, you know, still fairly pretty much separate. Um, they just run the yours, mine, ours, but keep their assets fairly separate. And that can work well as well. You don't need to mesh your assets and everything together no there should always say always be a pool uh together but i think independence is so so important and probably you know adds a lot of uh longevity to a relationship and avoids a hell of a lot of stresses like you know those money money problems are probably one of the biggest they've got to be one of the biggest sort of uh strains on a relationship yeah definitely um so you also mentioned super nominations in there and this is one that a lot of people are probably unaware of um, so super nominations, well, super's um, not doesn't form part of the estate, so it can't be um, part of your will. Um, so therefore, you'll have a nomination on the account, and if you haven't checked it in a while, it's good hygiene to to make sure you're looking at that and seeing who you've actually nominated. Yeah. If you nominated anyone, uh, have I nominated anyone? No, if you have nominated oh, I you anyone, say, yeah, of course, I've nominated <laughs> Rannon. Jeez, wow. I was like, put me on the spot. Hang on. <laughs> Hang on, have I? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you definitely need to check that because it could be an ex-spouse, could be your children from years ago that you've nominated, could be your parents if you haven't done it since you were a teenager. Yeah. Um, so save that, you know, save any errors and uh, issues of the money getting to the people you care about because estate planning is all, all about taking care of the people you love uh, and making sure that the you don't leave a ho- you know, hot mess behind. Uh, unless you're like... One of those individuals that derives a sick joy of going, I'm going to leave a hot mess behind. And, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you want to do. And, you know, more power to you if that's it. But for the rest of us, I think uh, just uh, making it clean, simple, uh, and detailing what you want to happen uh, and thinking about those people makes life easy. Perfect. So did you have anything else or any other tips that you think for people who are jumping into a second relationship? Uh, I think having some goals together. I think that was, I don't know if that sort of fits into the first one, just money conversations, but I mm. think building a plan together. Um, so especially if you're, depending on what stage of life you're at, um, if you're in your you know, starting out phase of your, the financial world, you, know, you might be going, you know, we want to plan for a wedding together and we're going to plan for a family and these are the sort of things. Well, they're conversations that you should be having just philosophically as a couple anyway, mm. but there's financial implications and ramifications to support those things. Um, so I would highly encourage people to have money conversations, but looking at the big picture um, as well. So not just looking at the day-to-day routine and how do we manage our budget and what are our expenses and liabilities, um, but those bigger picture discussions of when do you want to retire? Because um, these don't what instantly... What retirement look like? Yeah, these yeah. don't instantly seem like money discussions, um, but they're really important. Uh, conversations to have and yeah hopefully they open up some wonderful conversations and there's great alignment between the two of you 
Um, and you can start to plan for those together because you should have then oh, yeah, almost like a joint financial plan together that sort of sets you on the same course because um, that's something positive to, to work together uh, on. And actually, you know, if you keep hitting those financial goals and ticking off those um, bucket list items, I think that's a pretty cool uh, starting point to, for any relationship. Definitely. Um, so as usual, if you've got any questions, email us at connectapicata.com.au or hit us up on any of our socials. Um, we're doing a fair bit on Instagram at the moment, so be sure to jump on and chuck us a follow. Doing some good stuff on Insta. So yeah. shit, Zach's yeah. doing most of that. He's doing a good job. <coughs> um, so yeah, chuck us a follow on there and we'll, otherwise we'll see you next week and good luck if you're having a little bet on the cup. Yeah, good long weekend, guys. Enjoy. Thanks for tuning into the Wealth Collective Podcast. You can get in touch with us and send any questions to connect at picada.com.au or send us a message on Facebook or Twitter. If you have enjoyed this, then please subscribe and five-star us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast service. Until next time, live well and be prosperous.